0: Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We're your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. What is stoic thinking? And what is the ego as it relates to the Stoics. There's a lot of talk out there right now about the Stoics and Stoic thinking. Ryan Holiday is a pretty well-known author on the Stoics and thinking that way. He's written some pretty great books, Uh, some of my favorite books, actually. Uh, The Obstacle is the Way is a good one, and then he has one, Ego is the Enemy, as well as the, um, what's it called, uh, the Daily Stoic. He's got like a stoic meditation every day that you can do. It's like 365 of them. I've used that one, and uh, he's got a good companion piece for that stuff. And he was just on the Joe Rogan podcast like last week, which was really cool um, because I, I never, I've never i seen pictures of him and I've read his blog post, but I've never really – Uh, Spent a lot of time, you know, learning about him. So that was cool. So what the hell are we talking about today? This is sort of a mix-up, debrief type of thing related to stoic thinking and the ego. Some things I've been contemplating lately, and I've just been kind of amassing all these links and things of of things I wanted to read through. And I've started reading through them, and I thought I would share, share it with you. Maybe it'll help uh, maybe it'll help you all in your path that you're on in this life. The first one, honestly, is uh, from one of uh, Ryan's daily emails. So you can go to dailystoic.com and sign up for the email uh, that he sends out and he sends something every day, just a thought which I think must take some incredible discipline to to write something on this scale every day. It's almost like a, a page in a book. Maybe that's what he's doing. So this one is called They Punish Themselves First, and it made me think uh, about my actions just in general, and it made me think of things I've seen in others. And it's about... Um, here, I'll just read the first little bit. You get a glimpse of some of the things people do, right? So we don't, you know, you're in a restaurant or getting, you know, pumping gas or, or you know, in a grocery store or whatever. You, you see someone and you see how they, they act, and we get a glimpse of that. We don't know who they really are, but we, we see them and we, we know we judge them. So you get a glimpse of some of the things people do, the way they treat a waiter at a restaurant while trying to board an airplane with a mesh master in the pandemic and then throwing a fit about it, cheating on their taxes, pushing their work off to their colleagues, and then filing bogus lawsuits after they get fired. Those are bigger. This is interesting to me because while we see those actions, and and if we're applying the stoic lens... The first thing that we can use is to remind them of ourselves, right? Um, We see these behaviors as unacceptable. And then we have to put that magnifying glass back on us, right? As if we were the perpetrator in that scenario and how we would not do those things, right? So we can use their bad behavior, as a lens to view ourselves so that we don't repeat that, you know, in the, that thing we saw that we don't like. Secondly, we can use it as a tool to remind us, ourselves of the principles that we live by, right? We can, we can see the mistakes that others make as a reflection on our principles that do not allow us to make those mistakes. It seems pretty complicated, but it made me think about that. And it made me think about, you know, um, I was just in, uh, uh, Starbucks the other day and and someone was in front of me and they were very upset with the fact that they were, you know, they were out of something and they were mad and, you know, and it was just like, literally throwing a fit because they didn't have the right type of sweetener or whatever the hell it was. And seeing that it wasn't that I immediately got, you know, angry or upset with that person and watching that person. But what I immediately went to was, you know, what are the, what are the rule sets that I live by that make me not, you know, throw a fit when Starbucks doesn't have the type of sweetener that I want. Um, and it made me sort of take account of those things, and, and you know they became a little more uh, solid in my mind, I think, because I had just witnessed that and realized that I wouldn't do that sort of thing, and this is why. And I think that's important. So that was a cool one. Go check that one out. Uh, I believe you can listen to him read it or read it or you know, maybe that one in particular doesn't do it for you, but sign up for his, his, uh, daily emails. And, you know, you, you might not read them all, but you might get something once in a while that kind of fires something off in your brain and makes you think about things and evaluate things. The other one is this cool medium article, um, from, I am not going to try to pronounce your name, Lucas, uh, last name. You guys can go look at that. Um, It's called Remove Your Ego. And, you know, there's a... We'll get into the Stoic thing because there's another one that I found um, at another point about how to think like a Stoic, and there are some really great exercises in that post, and and I'll get to that uh, in a later episode. But for now, I would like to look at this concept of ego from the article, your ego, is an in, your ego is an entity of pride that tries to self-sustain you, and therefore itself, by keeping you out of any situations that endanger that pride. It's the first sentence. Anything that endangers who you think you are, anything outside your comfort zone, anything you are unfamiliar with, any person, characteristics, actions, thoughts, or situations, our subconscious, <laughs> or our brains, label that as dangerous, right? It's what makes us feel uncomfortable. We often think uh, of this term ego, and we've talked about it on the podcast with, other, um, with others that, you know, ego is often seen as bad, Right? You know, ego is that guy's got an ego, Um, and that's true. You know, you you can have a you can have a huge ego, and the characteristics that you exemplify from that huge ego can be negative to others, right? But like based on this article. The problem this is literally what he's written the problem that most people do not see is that the ego is us the ego is part of who we are and will be for as long as we exist in this world right because if you don't if you don't have any sense of ego if you don't have any sense of self you would you would not be unique you would not be you you would you would be like everyone else. So you know it's not necessarily always a good thing to work on getting rid of it completely. Now, what we don't want is the negative uh, the negative characteristics that come from thinking of ego, and I'm using air quotes as negative, right? The article's supposition is that a better position is to sort of take this stoic application in that realize that your ego will always be a part of you. It will always be there. So you got to learn to accept it and love it, not just work to get rid of it, right? Because your ego is merely trying to protect your sense of self. which is, a, is a, it's a powerful way to view that ego. I think it's a powerful lens to view that ego, right? It's merely trying to protect your sense of self. It's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to protect you. Right? It's, the flip side of that is that it kind of keeps you in your comfort zone keeps you safe keeps you focused on you know what you know the people you already know the things you can do right it's not always a bad thing but it can stifle you when you're working hard to you know expand beyond who you are or push your boundaries or you know grow right it can hold you in place um So again, back to the article, when you love your ego, when you accept your ego, when you love this part of you that's only trying to protect you, it begins to loosen up, right? Letting go of things does not mean that one loses them, right? It means that you accept them. (laughs) It's understanding that you know overcoming something or letting go letting go of something or changing something or you know attempting something you've never attempted before is growth and that acceptance is growth it's, it's a great way to think of it in my opinion Um you know i'm a I am a graphic designer slash illustrator um by trade and education I have a degree in it and if you i'm sure there are other professions right I'm sure there are lots of other professions where you need a little bit of ego right there's gotta be something inside of you. Like, Let's say you're an artist, or graphic designer, or, or you know, designer of some kind. You've got to have enough ego that says, yeah, I can take that assignment and figure it out. You want to try to communicate something, I can listen to you, and I can help you communicate it. There, there's a little ego there that can help you, or there's a little ego there that makes it kick it off. right? You've got to have something that makes you say, yeah, I can take that on even though, you know, maybe you've never done anything like that before. But you can't have so much of ego where, you know, whatever you do can't be criticized, right? Whatever you do is perfect. Whatever you do is right the first time. Whatever you do doesn't need feedback from the client, right? The the you can do no wrong aspect. Like you have to... You have to control that part, right? Those would be the the negative aspects of the ego like we were talking about. Um, But the good part of that ego is the part that kind of lets you think you could do it in the first place or gives you enough confidence to take it on. Those are the positive aspects of that ego. There's another article here that I thought was cool. And uh, I need to open it up. It got closed out. Subtle signs that you are not the good person you think you are from uh, Desiree Peralta. The, The supposition here is that uh, let's see, what do they say? That you don't realize it when you're being an a-hole. <laughs> um, and this one really, this one hit home. This one really got me thinking about um, if I do any of these things. You know, I, I immediately uh, pulled them out, you know, as a bullet list of things and um, tried to think through people and scenarios that, that maybe, do I do these to people? You know, because there's like the age old joke that's like uh hey take a take a stock of all your friends can you name the one asshole friend oh you don't have an asshole friend guess what that means you're the asshole i forget who told that joke but that's always sticks in my mind is that like man am i being the asshole here um so let's go through some of these and and talk through them i think it's worthy of um I think it's worthy of it, and uh, again, I'm gonna link this up. You can go listen to it too. You don't have to read it. It's it's a longer one, but um, it's good. So, one of these is that you think you deserve someone's attention or affection just because you're nice to them, right? So, if you expect because you know you do a favor for someone or, or you you know you spend time with them or you're nice to them, you think that they should reciprocate that or, or Um, you know, you should always get their attention or they should always pick up the phone for you or whatever, just because you've been nice to them. Shows that you didn't really have, the intention was not to be nice. The intention was to put them in uh, a favor deficit with you, right? So, you know, a really good person, really great person is going to do something for you without really asking for anything in return, right? Whether you, whether you reciprocate or not is up to you, and they should accept that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, one is you, you try to convince others why you acted in a way of, instead of apologizing, right? Instead, like if you do something, like you mess something up, you're stupid, or you say something um, insulting or whatever by accident, um, even if you had a valid reason for it, um, instead of just owning it and apologizing, you try to uh, create excuses and explain it away, right? Because just, I mean, if you made someone feel bad, you know, you, you got to accept that and... In, in, you know, don't let what we talked about, in the, the, about from the previous post, don't let your ego try to protect you, right? That's your ego trying to protect you. You have to accept it and act accordingly, right? And, and remember uh, the quote here too, apologies have nothing to do with why you did something. It has to do with simply holding yourself accountable for your mistakes, right? That is an ego exercise, So if if you need to make it about you, make it about that aspect of you in that you are getting better and you're fighting your ego. Don't make it about you in that you are trying to protect your own feelings after you've made someone else feel bad. That is super strong. Um, I know for a fact I've done that. You know, I, I, I struggle a lot. Sometimes, uh, i'll i'll write things down i'll write emails to like you know something will piss me off or you know whatever and i know it's i know it's probably ego centric in why i'm feeling that way so i'll i will uh write myself an email or write an email you know and not send it you know keep it in the drafts folder and then if i still feel that way you know 12 or 24 hours later i'll send it um and another tool is uh I think it's called future email, future emails. Uh, what is it called exactly? Future self or future emails? Yeah, and you can you can use this tool and in, in, um, I think Google Gmail does this now too. You can write yourself an email in the future. Um, so you know if I'm feeling I'm feeling strongly about something, you know. It's slow moving, you know, not like something that's like literally in front of me that I'm arguing about. I'll write myself an email, uh, you know, a month from now and then just kind of most of the time I'll get that email like, you know, a month or two later and, and it'll, it'll pop in there and, you know, I'll kind of prompt myself with it and I'll be like, damn, I don't even remember that. Right. So, you know, I think probably 90 percent of the time it's just we need to get over ourselves. Another one, you are close to someone for the benefit he can provide you. <laughs> you know, you, you, being around people and, and seeking people out who can, who can help you be better, it's good, right? But, but seeking them out and being around them only for that reason, just so you can get something out of them. You've got to think about that. Another, you are pessimistic about others' interests because you think is the best for them, right? So if you've got this person that's all that's talking to you, that, you know, they confide in you, um, and you always see the negative side of it. You know, it do, it doesn't help them see another perspective you're, you're just being negative right and you have to check that like there's a there's a line there's a fine line between telling some someone something that they need to hear versus telling something telling someone something they need to hear from you you know i mean there are times there are times when you know someone's Confiding in you or asking your opinion, you need to give them an honest opinion. There, are, there are times when that happens. You know, if you're a true friend, and sometimes you know your friend needs to hear the truth. That's not often the case, though. You know, you can't always just, you know, just because you see it a certain way. You know, you have to, you have to run it through that lens of that friendship and that lens of them, right? And then oftentimes people aren't they aren't actually asking your opinion they're they're just they're not looking for your approval or your advice they just maybe they just want to share something with you you know i've had i've had uh friends i don't know let me use that in quotes you can't see me but in the past that you know always had something contrary or negative to say about something I told them about like hey. I created this thing or I made this thing or I did this thing. And they're like, yeah, well, did you, yeah, but did you think of it this way? Yeah, but, yeah, but. That's a fil—that's a test you can give yourself. Are you doing a yeah, but? Right? Learning to just listen is, is also uh, an ego skill. Right? Are you, are you, yeah, but because you are, letting your ego sort of guide that conversation or are you truly saying it because you see imminent danger or imminent catastrophe and if that's the case and think back to past conversations and friends where you've given advice or whatever if if that's the case it's probably you're probably not going to be so black and white about the way you describe it right Here's the flip side of that. You take others' criticism or opinions as personal attacks. Can no one tell you anything without getting you getting defensive? If someone tells you how they feel, do you feel like they're attacking you? Or do you see it as, well, let's think about a relationship right, or friendship or whatever. If someone's telling you how they feel about it, do you just see it as them attacking you in the relationship? Or do you see it as, hey, they want to keep this relationship. They want to keep this friendship intact. They simply want to fix an issue because they don't want to let it go. That's a positive thing. Right? Again, it's your ego sort of trying to defend you 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 for who you are and not listening and accepting you know that's that that's that stoic mindset which is sort of accepting if you can't accept constructive criticism the problem is often not the other person's opinion Right, but it's but it's the way you're living in that moment. It's your ego or it's the thing you did. Right. Here's one. I've seen this. I've got I've got relatives that do this, and and I'll point this out. You think you can make an opinion about other people's appearances, even it's for the you know good or the greater good. Um, the example they give uh, in the article is interesting, um, particularly. We're going to say appearance, but usually it's it's an opinion about or a comment about someone else's body, right? And and it goes both ways, right? I've got this. Uh, I've got an uncle and a cousin and they do it to everyone. I mean, they've done it to me, and they've done it to everyone. I've seen, I've heard it. Where you haven't seen them in like like I hadn't seen this dude in like 3 years and I saw him and he said, "Mmm, put on some weight." And you know, and I know him. I know he's not a bad person. I just know he's like emotionally clueless. I mean, he's emotionally clueless about himself, he's emotionally clueless about other I mean, he has no You know, he has none of that. But you, you know, you shouldn't even say it the other way around, right? Um, And you think about compliments, and compliments are interesting. You can pay someone a compliment without it being about necessarily physical appearance or your opinion of their physical opinion, physical appearance. So the example they use is saying to someone, you look skinny. Or you, you look better without those pounds. You look younger. Those aren't necessarily compliments, even if you have good intentions by telling someone they look skinny. Right? I mean, you, you know how you feel about your own appearance. That's how everyone else does, right? About their own opinions appearance they're dealing with the same things right if you don't take that stuff into consideration if you have no empathy for that then you probably shouldn't be saying things you know because um, just you know just because it looks like someone's lost weight and you say "Hey, you look skinny there could be reasons for that you know they could be dealing with depression they could be dealing with um some situation that's causing them stress, you know they could literally be sick. you don 't know those things you know, and something that I always try to do that and this is not this is not something I came up with someone told me this, and I thought it was a great thing is um, because i've seen coaches in the gym in in my gym and older coaches that work there i've seen them make comments uh to people about their physical appearance. Like, like you, look, you look huge, you know, like meaning like they're putting, like they're stronger. But they said it to a woman and it bothered the woman because, you know, we all know that women don't necessarily want to look bulky, right? That's sort of a thing. You look it up on the internet, it's like a, a thing. You don't want to tell a woman, you look huge, necessarily, I mean, maybe they, maybe it's someone who's trying to, but not generally speaking, let's just not say those things. You can compliment someone. And this is something that I picked up. You can compliment someone more on their performance than on their physical appearance. And one, it feels better Two, It's a little bit safer for you as a person. If you're trying to truly pay someone a compliment, um, you know, you move that weight really fast or you, you know. I liked your technique here or you were really smooth and, you know, I can, I can tell you move through those, those uh, exercises with ease because you've been practicing. Like those are a little bit better than, Hey, you look stronger, you know, or Hey, uh, you're ripped, you know, just weird things like that. And, and And I think another thing you can do too, is to take a second and think about why you're about to pay a person a compliment. Is it you're going to say, you're going to give someone a compliment to put yourself in a higher standing with them because you think that the compliment sort of makes an investment in that, uh, you know, making them feel good bank account so that you can pull it out later. Or are you 100% impressed with something they've accomplished? And I think I think you kind of need to look at those things, right? Because you, you could be insulting someone without them, without realizing it. Um, One of the things that bothers me, and again, it's you know, I have to get over myself, is when people I work with, or you know, partners, peers, I do I do my job, I do the thing that's assigned to me, and I do it, and then someone else tells me thank you. Um, And and again, I know that's me, and, and you're probably thinking, well, that's weird, but you know, I look at it in the sense that it's, I didn't do it as a favor. I did it because it's what I'm supposed to do. We're part of a team and I'm pulling my weight and you're pulling your weight. And when you do that, it makes me feel like I then have to praise you and say, thank you when you do the thing that's your job, when you should just be doing the thing that's your job. Again, that's probably weird. And maybe someone can give me some help on that. Um, But it's one of those things. Here's another. This one's fun. You have an attitude at work because you haven't had your coffee yet. <laughs> but I think that's a, um, you know, that's a funny one that we probably hear all the time. Um, and you see shirts like that, you know, um, <laughs> um, that's a funny one, but I think it's a stand in for lots of other things, right? It's, it's uh it's It's a stand-in for you know you using an excuse for your behavior. you know um, obviously, just because you haven't had your morning coffee doesn't mean you can be a dick, right? I mean you need to be an adult like everybody else and control your emotions. You don't get to be mean just because it's eight o'clock in the morning. Like you know, kids and teenagers act like that. Another one here. You can't be excited about other success because you you are working harder than them. Right? We all feel like we deserve things because we work hard. We feel like uh, we should be uh, rewarded for how hard we work. And I suppose we should, right? In the grand scheme of, you know, cosmic uh, happiness. But, you know, we're thinking about Stoic application of, on life. We know that we don't deserve anything out of life. Life isn't about deserving. Right? Only in the case of maybe justice do we deserve. So if you can't be happy about other people's success regardless about the, how they got it, I mean, unless obviously the justice application, unless they stole it, then you probably don't deserve uh, that relationship. Um, And I added another one here. And I think we, we, we touched on this one earlier, but I wanted to make a, make a specific add here is that Uh, this is mine. You feel you can always tell the truth, tell them the truth, no matter that it hurts their feelings or not, because it's what the right thing to do is. If, if you're that person that, you know, Hey, you asked, I'm going to tell you it's the truth, isn't it? Regardless of how they're going to receive it. It's sort of like that, uh, SJW is in the world, right? Social justice warriors, they get to be upset over something simply because it's to some degree socially acceptable to be upset, right? So therefore, well, then damn it, they will be upset. They might even be more upset. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, right? Just because you have the right to be as mad as hell and beat the crap out of somebody, it doesn't mean you should beat the crap out of them. It's the same application, just because it's the truth doesn't mean it needs to be said out of your mouth. I can't remember his name. The late night talk show guy, he's the guy from uh, Ireland, I think. Anyway, he uh, has a stand-up routine, and he says that, it's part of, you know, it's part of his routine where he, he gets serious, and he says that he runs everything through three filters. One, should this be said? Two, should this be said right now? And three, should this be said right now by me? And those are strong. Um, and I think I mixed those up, but the, the same three filters apply to everything, I think. And if you think about those things, you're probably not an asshole. <laughs> uh, and, and again, it doesn't mean you're the, like that's who you are. It means that you're being that in that moment, maybe. Right? If you constantly have to remind others that you're you're a good person and that you you know, you have the best interest in heart. You probably aren't. Right? What is it? A a a lion doesn't a lot I forget which one it is. Um look it up. Yeah, clearly that's not it. But, you know, a lion doesn't concern himself with the thoughts of sheep or whatever. I'm not sure where the lion is interacting with sheep at, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the best in the world aren't busy telling others that they're the best in the world. They're just out being busy being the best in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so if if you have to tell other people how good you are, you're probably not that good because you, you know it's your ego protecting you and you're covering covering up for something um i encourage you to go read these articles and check out uh ryan holiday if you know stoic approach which I didn't get too deep into other than the ego thinking about how the ego gets applied to things it's it's interesting stuff and it's even more interesting when you realize that you know a lot of this was written you know, back in the ancient Greek and Roman days, right? A lot of it comes from, you know, Marcus Aurelius and, and Sonica and Epictetus. Greek philosophers and Roman emperors. We can, we can learn and we can always apply what we've learned. And again, the big thing is to just kind of take stock of that ego, you know, see where it is and see which, see which person, see which part of you is reacting to things and why. If if we're not doing that, then, then we're just kind of going through life reacting to things. And I know, you, I know you don't want to just react to things. I don't want to just react to things, you know, I want to be thoughtful and, and get out get out in front of my thoughts and feelings and, and you know, use them as tools and, and grow. All right, I really appreciate it. If you've listened this far, um, I know that time is expensive and I know, your, you know what you pay attention to is, is rare and I appreciate your time. Um, and I hope you get something out of this and I hope you share it. So until next time, Goodbye.